Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That striper bite in the back bays, no matter which bay you are, is absolutely unbelievable. What term describes it? You want to say hot, inferno, epic, righteous, whatever you use. You're going to be catching stripers in the back more towards the evening and at first light, but during the day, they're still hitting it. Plastic shads, top waters, live spot, eels, bucktails with some gulp on it. No matter what you do, you're going to be catching some stripers. Ditto the uh, tog bite along the jetties and bridges. Mary Mother of God, they're getting some big fish. Oh, green crabs, sand fleas. Yeah, man, check this out. Even the sandworms are catching the tog. We have a really jammed show coming up. We're talking fall turkey season and the turkey prospectus with fish and wildlife biologist Jimmy Sloan. He is the head of the Game Bird Project. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go in the fall again. Okay, okay. I'm seeing, I'm seeing again, I'm seeing again. Early rut activity is on. Yeah, man, the bow hunting is just, it's going to take a nice big jump. But hey, let's talk, let's talk some turkeys here. In fact, this segment and next segment, we're going to be talking fall turkeys. The fall turkey season opens next Saturday, and you can hunt again the Monday, October 31st, right through the following Saturday, November 5th. And again, fall turkey season in and of itself, an exciting game. Not as easy as one thinks. As a little later on in the program, we're going to find out from one of the best turkey hunters in the state, if not the world. I'll say the world, uh, but some of the fall turkey hunting opportunities. But join us on the line right now, very special guest, good friend of Rack and Fin Radio is Jimmy Sloan. He is a biologist with DEP's uh, Fish and Wildlife. He is the Game Bird Project leader for New Jersey, and we are talking, let's, let's talk turkeys in general, the great flock we have here in New Jersey, where I say, and I think our next guest besides Jimmy is going <laughs> to ratify this as well we have some of the best turkey hunting available in the state our size most densely populated state. we have some great turkey hunting it is jimmy sloan live on rock and fin radio jimmy how you doing man good to have you on tom p my man thanks for having me fall turkey sloan i'm too excited <laughs> i buzzed out in the spring no problem with that as as usual but jimmy the fall turkey hunting opportunities in jersey are great Again, the numbers aren't there where they used to be way back when, when the season first opened, those first few years, a lot more participation numbers down. But I tell you, Jim, we have great opportunities in the fall season, do we not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's very underutilized, but yes, we do have an excellent uh, season in the fall. Jimmy, let's talk wild turkey numbers in the state now. How was the, that's right to the basics, Sloan, right to the basics. This past spring, Rainy, whatever. How is a hatch poult survival? What's the dealio? What are we seeing? So this year we did run our electronic uh, brood survey. This oh. is the first year it was open to the public. Oh. Um, it was available online. Um, the goal was 200 individual observations in July and August. We hit just shy of that at around 180, but we did have 3.48 poults per hen for this summer. That's pretty good, is it not? Which, yes, yes. The last two years have been up 
almost where productivity is going to start turning the bell the other way. Okay, Jim, is it the predation? Is it the weather factor, a cold, chilly spring, pulse survival? I get to me, it's the, the circle still comes around to predation, raccoons, possums on the eggs, foxes, coyotes on the, the poults and the hens and the eggs. Uh, what are you seeing? I think the easiest way to answer that is just say yes. It's, it's, it's all <laughs> oh, those there factors. You, go. Um, you know, we, we had a very dry summer this year mm -hmm. and uh, you could see it in the uh, brood survey mm -hmm. jim overall um, the the flock size statewide again approximate numbers i realize that what are we looking at and is it is it a low point or higher point and let's get into some of the management jim transferring birds is that underway but let's get the flock size what do we have yeah we're we're floating right there around 19 to twenty-one thousand, somewhere in that area i mean and from years ago we are finally at that carrying capacity from our translocations in the early 80s and mm -hmm. throughout the 2000s when the, they stopped uh, with the southern New Jersey transfers. Yeah, Jim, the, when the season first opened in 1981, I remember when the year before, when they, or a couple of years before, whatever, when they released the birds, it was 71 taken and the population was in its infancy. And it ballooned up. Now, Jim, it used to be the north. The north was the turkey hunting area. Now the South, the past, I would say, I don't know how many years, then the South has superseded the Southern tier counties. These you know, turkey hunting areas down here are where the majority of the birds are. Am I correct with that? Yes. Yep, 100%. I mean, South Jersey, we have world-class turkey hunting, where North Jersey used to be that way in the 90s up to the late 2000s. Right. Now, there's 18 turkey hunting areas, zones, if you will. And uh, I tell you, there's 16, 21, 22 20 of the one thing with Salem that Salem County are not that much private or public land rather, but still the opportunities abound. Jim, you see now the population, uh, nuisance birds, things like that. You're going to be transferring to where are these birds going and then how are you catching them? Yeah. So, um, every winter we get, um, it's a lot of our 55 or older communities. We have nuisance birds. Um, all the birds that are, have been trapped in the last years have been going north. I've been releasing them at Black River, Winningham, Peak West. I mean, that's where all the birds are going. You'll know if it's a trap and trapped bird, it'll have a leg band on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Jim, I'd also like to get into talking about this upcoming turkey study I'm pretty excited about. Jim, before we get to that, that is, is again, people say, oh, where my, where's my permit money going? Where's, here, here's where it goes. It's a big payoff right here. But, Jim, you're talking transferring to turkey hunting areas traditionally, uh, the best way back one, turkey hunting areas one, two, three, and four, correct? Maybe even eight? Yes. Yep. The northwest corner of New Jersey. Okay. And these are problem birds now. Are these based pretty much statewide? I know, I know, so you always hear about turkeys, you know, mugging grandmas with the grandkids waiting for the school bus in the spring, you know, the jakes and the gobbles. Where are these birds primarily coming from, these 55 and other communities? More centrally located? Yes. Yep. Central, uh, Ocean, Burlington, Gloucester, Camden, okay. Atlantic counties. And Jim, so the trap and transfer, are there instances of mortality? These birds are pretty hardy, are they not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It sounds crazy, Slumber. Will they have a homing instinct and try to go, say, from High Point State Park back down to Washington Crossing State Park? Or once they're out in the territory, they're, they're set? <laughs> they're going to be set. Yeah, they don't have that homing device where they're going to cross 55 blackout roads to get home. 
<laughs> but I'll tell you, they they are smart as can be. We're talking to Jimmy Sloan. He is a biologist with the DEP's New Jersey Fish and Wildlife. He is the Game Bird Project Leader. And say, well, Jimmy, let's talk about this project you're really excited about. Uh, it, it looks like a win-win all around. Yeah, yeah. So the last official research that was done was in the early 2000s with Bob Erickson and Tony McBride. Mm-hmm. And um, they looked at, you know, survival and hunting mortality of male wild turkeys up north in Warren and Sussex County. So the way NJDEP Fish and Wildlife sets the seasons is off of the mean or the average date of the initial nest initiation. Right. And in other words, you know, opening date should coincide with the peak egg laying. Um, you know, and we do this to minimize, you know, nest disruption and right. also, you know, illegal female kill. It does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so since the study in the early 2000s, nesting chronology, survival, reproduction parameters haven't been looked at. So now we're going to go ahead and look at it. And uh, we're also going to look at the normal diseases, you know, LPDV, mm-hmm. Rev, AV, pox. And we're going to look and we're going to see, you know, is our current harvest rates for male turkeys within acceptable limits? You know, there's a bunch of questions around reproductive parameters of hen turkeys and how is production in Jersey. So basically, we're going to have two study sites, one in North Jersey, one in South. Okay, well, uh, 25 birds. Up oh, ahead. Sorry, Tom. No, no, go, go. I'm fascinated. Go from my from my antecedent way back with with, with fish and wildlife. Go ahead. I'm, I'm very interested. It's all get out. So each study area for three years is going to get 25 hens, uh, radio telemetry with backpacks. Um, and 60 males at each site for three years are going to be leg banded. Now, these leg bands, wow. I don't know if anybody's going to talk about it with the NWTF state chapter. Right. But these leg bands that are going to be on these males are going to have rewards attached to them. There'll be directions on the leg band. So I hope your listeners are lucky enough to harvest the bird mm-hmm. and uh, they do report it back so they can claim their reward. Well, Jimmy Sloan, the end game of this project, could this lead to possibly decreased bag limits or increased bag limits? Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as bag limits. You know, we look at it and we look every year at, you know, which hunters, because the way the New Jersey permits system is set up, I can go and buy 15 turkey permits. Mm-hmm. But realistically, how many of those individual 9,800 turkey hunters we have in the spring, how many of them guys are actually killing more than two birds? True. And we found True. out it's less, it's less than 15%. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost a preconceived notion, almost to the point of, the same notion that we're allowed six buck tags, so everybody's in six bucks. I hear you. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> the, the management implementations from this study is going to be, is our season date the right time? You know, is our season opening too early, too late? Um, is the predator numbers up in North Jersey, is that the real factor of why the reproduction there is just not what it is in South Jersey. I'll tell you, Jimmy, so a it, it's, a, it's a startling, it's a startling difference from what I understand. The, the reproductive it, north, it, north, central, south. It's it's really scary, almost. Yeah, from the outside looking in, it is, and I'm hoping in the study we figure out why. Okay, Jonas Online is Jimmy Sloan. He is New Jersey's. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Game Bird Project Leader. Well, Jim, we're up against a hard break. Let's talk fall turkeys. Your prospectus and uh, throw out some areas you think might be hotter than others. What do you got? Well, I mean, it doesn't really change from the spring to the fall for me. I mean, we know where our population numbers are. There's great public land down in South Jersey that's just diamonds in the rough for turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Thundergut Pond, that's a new one. Thundergut Pond, I usually say Dick's Wildlife Management Area. But Thundergut is really starting to turn on to a good turkey hunting area. 
Um, uh, oh. Buck Shootem Wildlife Management Area has a great mass route. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, just out that, we're just out that way. Oh, man, we're just out. Oh, Sloan, you're killing me, man. Okay, name a couple more couple more turkey gun here. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, uh, Greenwood Forest is also one that um, it outskirts some of the developed areas, and um, it holds a pretty good flock of birds. And, again, Prospertown WMA. Um, that's one of my favorite wildlife management areas to hunt for turkey in the spring. Right there so off I can't of, see it being much different in the fall. Right there off 537, right, in Ocean County? Yeah. Yep. Always yep. see birds there. And we, because we, we like to fish Prospertown Lake, they stock a trout in the spring. And Jimmy, sometimes early in the morning, you hear some gobblers going off. Yeah. And like, yeah, wow. Right right, and you're looking at the Ferris wheel from Great Adventure. You got turkeys right there. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, Jim, so you're expecting a good fall season. Listeners, last year's fall harvest was only 68 birds. The year before that in the fall, 96. The year before that, 77. And the year prior, that was 106. So the opportunities are there. The permits, what, $21, $21.50, whatever. And you can buy as many, but you're only limited to one bird a day. One bird a day, but you can buy as many. If you have the time to go, it's only a week-long season. I'm glad they incorporated both Saturdays. So that was a master stroke. I know Tony McBride, way back when, was you know instrumental in that. It took a while, but now that you have two Saturdays to hunt people, and it's a glorious time to be out there. Fall turkeys rock. Jersey turkeys rock. Jimmy, where are you off to next, man? Next is the Eastern Grouse Working Group meeting this afternoon, and then I'm going to try to do a little bit of bow hunting. Good for you, Mr. Sloan. Jimmy, you're always welcome on Rackethin Radio. Thanks for the insight. Listeners, fall turkey season. Come on our next segment, Nugan Bali. Well, Turkey Federation, some fall turkey tactics. Jimmy Sloan, you're always welcome on Rackethin. Have a great week and weekend. See you soon, brother. Same to you, Tommy. Thanks. Take care. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We have October 22nd and 23rd. And as we mentioned uh, in the earlier segment, turkey season for the fall. It's going to open uh, next Saturday, October 29th. And again, uh, hunting is going to be available October 31st. And it's going to run through November 5th. Nowhere near as popular... I guess, as we mentioned again earlier, participation-wise, as it is during the spring gobbler season, the fall turkey season, though, is so unique, and it's just a beautiful time of year to be a field, and it can be it can be productive if you put your time in and you scout, again, just like in the spring, and you know where these flocks of birds are, they're starting to flock up a lot. We've noticed that the past week and a half, two weeks in our travels, but it's, and you think, oh, it's easy, you bust up a flock, just call them, and they come back, Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, you'll get you'll get a Jake, you know, a stupid little Jake here and there, or maybe a really curious hen. But for the most part, it is uh it is challenging. And and you can use a dog. Now we did that once up in New York State, and DeMarie scored at the last five minutes on a hunt at a <laughs> that was just absolutely unbelievable what these dogs can do. But joining us on the line right now is longtime friend of Rack and Fin Radio, Lou Gambali. Lou is the president of New Jersey State Chapter of the Wild Turkey Federation, expert turkey hunter, and he hunts 
around the world. He's been known to hunt turkeys, well, a lot of a lot of parts around the world. And he's six years as the Federation president. He's been with the National um, Wild Turkey Federation for going on 25, 30 years, something like that. Lou's going to share some of his successful autumn turkey tactics with us. Lou Gambon, thanks for joining us. How you been, bro? Hey, brother Tom. Always great, man. Thank you. Lou, the fall season coming up next Saturday, Monday through uh, through the following Saturday. I just cannot wait. You know my proclivities. I, I just don't have the patience, really, for this to be a successful, consistently successful springtime gobbler hunter with the sitting still and stuff. But the fall turkey season, Lou, is just a lot of fun. You get to walk around the woods at the most glorious time of year. You bust up a flock. Calling comes into it. Got to be quick with the gun, Lou. It is indeed a fun time. It's an awesome time. Look, look I mean... We're actually having a fall this year. I mean, look, you look outside, we've got cool, crisp weather. We've yep. got leaves changing. It's an awesome time to be in the woods. And, Lou, uh, turkey populations, as you know, mentioned, they're, they're, they're pretty stable. They're moving some birds up north from the south, whatever, in the trap and transfer programs. But there's uh, plenty of fall opportunities, though, but for whatever reason, hunter participation is really, is really nil when you compare it to the, to the spring numbers. Why do you think? Well, so here's what I tell you. If you look at New Jersey, you know, we reintroduced the birds back in the uh, late 70s towards the beginning of the 80s. And fall turkey hunting was never a tradition, really, in New Jersey. You look at your traditional states like Pennsylvania, uh, even into New York, and then down in some of the southern states, it was always a staple part. If you go back in history, actually the old timers, and I mean the old timers, uh, preferred to hunt the birds in the fall. They never right. saw spring turkey hunting as much of a challenge. And, Lou, our first uh, fall turkey season was in 97, and 167 you know, birds were harvested, combination of hens, jakes, and gobblers. And, Lou, was it 100? I, I think it reached its zenith. I think it was um, that 2002. Uh, 258 were tagged. And it's always been in the low hundreds, mid hundreds, high hundreds, except maybe five times. And this happened in the past, I guess, three or four years. In 2017, it was 80. In 2019, 77. 2020, 96. It jumped a little bit. And 21 was only 68. But uh, before that, Lou, there, there was a lot more participation. And, um, hey, uh, from a very selfish end, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad about that. You know, we have a lot of big patches of woods to ourselves. But, Lou, it's, it's a resource, a recreation that's just crying for more participation. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's a great opportunity. I, I tell folks, if for nothing else, um, is absolutely the best time of the year to experience all the uh, diversity of vocalization of the birds. If you're if you're fortunate enough to get up near a roost area without blowing them out of the roost and you, if, if you can harvest a bird to sit and listen to fly down in the morning and just mm -hmm. capture all that, I, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's priceless. Lou, the technique, walking up on a flock, busting them up, so to speak, where they scatter, you're, again, you've been very successful. What what tactics are you using? What kind of calls? How are you you waiting 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour before starting a communication, going to draw them back? What's your deal? Yeah, so, you know, in a perfect world, you know, you'll find a group of birds, a flock of birds, group of birds, and then you, you literally, simply, if you don't have a dog, you want to bust them up. And I tell folks, when you break them up, it's almost like scattering a covey of quail. Mm -hmm. And you watch where the birds fly. So, for instance, if there's 10 or 12 birds, let's say, and, you know, four go this way, two go this way, three or four go this way, give them about, you know, walk, 
move yourself in the direction of one of the bigger groups that flew, I, I would say, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe take yourself, you know, 50, 75 yards, maybe 100 yards, drop down, get yourself settled, and then begin to listen. I like to listen before I introduce any calls because the birds, once they start to get established wherever they landed, they will begin to talk and they're calling themselves back and they're calling themselves together, assembling. And so that's when you can begin to call with them uh, so that you have an opportunity to bring a group of those birds to you. Lou, is now, it, is it if primarily you use decoys? Okay, no, go ahead, Tom. No, I was wondering, is primarily hens doing the calling, the curious jakes, you know, the teenagers? Who's, well, the, who's the first so, to say, hey, man, what's so, up? Where are you? Well, what you're going to usually encounter is you're going to either encounter uh, flocks of hens or you're going to encounter flocks of males. Okay. And now the jakes, sometimes because they really haven't been totally accepted yet because of their orneriness, they, they vacillated <laughs> back and forth from, from hens to gobblers. but. Typically, when you begin your fall hunting, you're going to have droves of gobblers and droves of hens, and they're going to and they're going to be separate from each other. Okay. Of course, the hens, the groups, the flocks of hens are generally going to be much bigger than the groups of gobblers. Gobblers will run in, you know, numbers of four, five, six. You might get more. You could get more, but generally, that's what you're looking for there. Um, Lou, you had mentioned decoys before. I interrupted you. What's the deal with that? Yeah, decoys can be successful. Some folks really like to use them. I don't use them when I fall hunt, but I've I've got a couple friends out in the Midwest. Uh, I got a buddy in Illinois that he he puts sets of eight and ten birds up. Wow! And and, and calls into that. Yeah, and that's just his thing. And you know, goodness, he's had great success over the years. I, I would say, you know, if you're going to hunt gobblers, you know, take take a Jake decoy or a couple Jake decoys because again, you know. You got to be mobile when you're fall hunting, so you can't be you're only lugging so much stuff around with you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you get in an area where you know there's a flock roosting, and you just want to go and set up, make a setup with decoys, and you want to sit down and you know just play the call game and, and try to get the birds to come to you, you can do that too. Look, one of the biggest gobblers I've ever seen uh, harvested is hunting with a gentleman that's in the, you know, in the Southlands here, and. Broke up a flock, some big birds. It was actually North, I believe it was Northern Cape May County. And um, but he, it, we waited here 15, 20 minutes. It was so thick, couldn't see where most of them went. But he hit a few uh, kiki or whatever, just basically generic calls. Lou, then he hit a gobbler call. I mean, an aggressive gobbler call. And sure enough, yep. he got in. And I, I said, wait, wait, they don't. They don't gobble in the fall. Well, that was news to me. This was years ago. And what a Absolutely bird. Do. What they a gobble, bird. Yeah. They gobble a lot in the fall. I, w- I would tell you, bring a gobbler call with you. You know, I, and, and I'll just give you an example. Gobblers yelp. You know, it's kind of a horsey, less, less um, uh, slower on the cadence. So. Even a little deeper than that, mm-hmm. and 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 you you know run a few of those and then give them give them a gobble call. You know the. And, there you go. And uh, if you're out in the woods deer hunting, for instance, and you're not even turkey hunting, you're in an area you don't even know if there's turkeys around. It's not uncommon, right, for a whistle to go off, fire whistle, right. fire truck, ambulance goes by. You'll hear them start kicking off. You'll say, "Whoa, you know, there's birds <laughs> in here," you know. 
Yeah. Lou, the yeah. most, the most during the fall season. Okay, the work against the Harbaugh. I, I promise. Listen, I promise, Lou Gambale, he was beyond busy. Uh, won't keep him that much longer. The most common mistakes that you've made, I've made, you've observed being made during the fall season. Well, not just like spring, not being patient enough. He said that you for know, my uh, benefit, people. <laughs> well, look, you know, when, yeah, when, when you go in there, you got to get settled after you, you know, try to call the birds back, and you got to sit down and you got to be patient. And look, there's no prescribed timetable on when the birds will come. And understand, because you hear them a little bit out, you know, talking, now they may choose because they hear you calling to just come in silent. And so some people tendencies as they move too soon. Oh yeah. The birds are gonna be just remember something too, in the fall you will have more eyes on you than the spring. Exactly right. In the spring a gobbler comes in, maybe two gobblers come in, you got two, four eyes on you. In the fall, you may have a dozen eyes on you or more. Lou, so you, you have more more opportunities to get busted. So uh patience being very stealthy helps a lot. Lou, you mentioned the patience, and just uh, this past spring, busted in the high bush blueberry, just not the last, you know, last part is it just, and now it's not only a few minutes of shooting time left, only a few. Stand up, brush myself off, boom, 15, 20 yards away. Bird was totally right. silent coming in, and my lovely Dean Marie said, and there you go. Now I was armed with a camera. I was ready. I was ready. I was going for photos. She was, uh, she was on the harvest hunt. And but Lou, again, you're right. Another minute, two minutes, he would have been right, right in the open, and and I blew it again. Listeners, patience is a thing, and as Lou mentioned, a lot more eyes on you in the fall. Lou, to Carler, to me, being as you know my proclivities, I love wild turkeys. Listeners, the limit is one bird of either sex per permit. Now you can buy extra permits, but you can only harvest one bird per day. But Lou, I'll tell you. Something about, a, something about an October, early November hen stuffed with my mom's egg and, and sausage stuffing. Mud on the meat, Lou. <laughs> Can't beat it. Best eating uh, you're going to have wild, going. <laughs> wild, turkey meat, wild turkey meat is precious. Absolutely delicious. Lou, before I let you go, we're up against a hard break. Oh, let's talk about the uh, the Jersey chapter of the Wild Turkey Federation. What are you uh, boys and girls been up to? Wow, we've got an awesome year coming up. Starting January. Um, we're really going to embark on a, the full calendar year. As moving in the next year, the, the National Wild Turkey Federation is going to celebrate 50 years of existence. Uh, it's a big That's deal, right? 1973, deal. this great organization was formed, and so we got a lot of stuff planned this year. Not only in New Jersey, but across the country. Our convention in Nashville in February is going to be just off the charts, and uh, locally here. We're working on a couple of big deals, a comprehensive program with the state fish and wildlife uh, to uh, spread out with our uh, support of wildlife plant, uh, food plot planning on wildlife management areas. Nice. North, central, south zone. Yep. And nice. we're going to try to tailor seeds that are better in those regions. So that's going to kick off for this spring planning this uh, in 2023 coming up. Um, and then we also, we are going to embark on, uh, a very um, uh, in-depth wild turkey research project. Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey over the next three years wow. are, are going to yep, cooperatively do some extensive research, not only on gobblers, but hens using GPS telemetry. So um, we, we know now from some of the studies that have been done already 
thanks to uh, Dr. Michael Chamberlain down in uh, down south, that um, there's a lot to learn. We've learned a lot in the last couple of years, and we're going to learn a lot more. We hope that we're going to be able to develop strategies that can help us, you know, at a minimum, stabilize our populations. Uh, and in North, we're, we're suffering serious declines. So, right. you know, we've we got to get our arms around this thing. There's no question about it. And look, up in the north zones of New Jersey, that was uh, for the first 10, 12 years, that was the place, tradition, the whole bit, the big, the big woods, the mountains, if you will. Jersey. That's, now, that's right. South Jersey, uh, South Central offers some of the. Let no, me ask you this before I let you go. Jersey, how does it stack up? Now, you hunted everywhere. You've hunted turkey in different lands, what have you, all around the country. Jersey, for our size and the amount of public land we have, and a good amount of private land, how do you think it stacks up? I, I'd say we're some of the best, well, some of the best turkey hunting around spring and fall. What's your take? Excellent. We're blessed. I mean, uh, look, if you want to put the time in and really turkey hunt, I mean, and and you're and you're you know you're you're perfectly comfortable with the real averages of killing a turkey, which, quite frankly, you know, you can look at the harvest rates in New Jersey; they they run less than thirty percent of the hunters harvest a bird in the spring guess what those averages are pretty constant across the country but as far as your opportunities in especially southern new jersey mm -hmm. look we don't have as many birds as we had in the early 2000s there's no right there's no question about that however we still have a fairly stable population in many areas so whether you want to hunt private land you want to hunt public land uh, you still got you still got great opportunities. You may have to go a little deeper. You may have to hunt a little bit harder. Birds get smarter. All wildlife evolves. You know that. Yeah. And uh, the birds have gotten uh, a, you know at times a little bit quieter off the roost. They've begun to you know evolve into a more defensive place in terms of protecting themselves. But that doesn't mean you still can't call up a great gobbler. I I would tell you New Jersey. I mean, uh, here in the Northeast is as good as it gets. There I mean, go. really, I, it's just that simple. Well said, Lou, and you have the experience in other uh, other states, other countries, too. Let's just put it down. Jersey turkey hunting is outstanding. Again, this is hunting hours are half hour before sunrise to half hour sunset. Uh, again, dogs are allowed. You have to report the harvest by 7 p.m. on the day the bird is down. Lou Gambale, thanks for joining us, and hope to see you in hey, the Tom. woods or fields, brother. You take care. Can, can I just add one thing? Absolutely, go. One thing, if people could just give us a look, go to NWTF on their on their website, take a look at our website, take a look at what we're all about, and 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 and, and if at a minimum, you know, put out thirty five bucks and join our flock. We need you. We need you. Okay, Lou, it's very well said again. You take care. Best of the family, brother. We'll see you in the woods. Thank you, brother. Take care. Lou Gambai, great guy. Just a great. We had a rather auspicious beginning way back when. But that was all cleared up and super, super turkey hunter. As he said, Tom P., I know about this much. He makes something like real small because there's so much to know about turkeys and turkey hunting. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. News. I'm Carmen Roberts. A court puts the brakes on President Biden's plan to cut billions in student debt. 
An appeals court dealt a major legal blow to President Biden's student debt relief program. The federal court issued a state while it considers a motion from six Republican-led states to block the program. Fox's Lauren Blanchard, the Biden administration says Americans can still apply for debt forgiveness while the case works its way through the courts. President Biden says it is his intention to run for office again, but tells MSNBC that's not official. We have time to make that decision. As for a possible bid by former President Trump, he tells Fox News. I'll probably decide in the not too distant future. And winter comes early this year for the Rockies, bringing lots of snow this weekend. A higher amount approaching 18 inches to near two feet. Meteorologist Zach Taylor with the National Weather Service. Winter storm watches and earnings in effect through Sunday. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Clear and chilly overnight, low near 40, then warming up nicely on Saturday, making for a beautiful start to the weekend under sunshine, high 68. After a pleasant evening, increasingly cloudy Saturday night, low 49. Cloudy and breezy Sunday with periods of rain, high 66. I'm AccuWeather's Carl Erickson on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Look out below. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 22nd and 23rd. Okay, I was talking fall turkeys. Jimmy Sloan Biologist, Lugan Bali, National Wild Turkey Federation. Fall turkey tactics. Only a week-long season, but a great time to be a field. Hey, ho-ho! Fall happens to be a great time to be on order. Now, last week we had um, Fish and Wildlife Fisheries Biologist Eric Bohm talking about the free fishing Saturday we had last week in the great freshwater fishing in New Jersey. And it's come full circle again. New Jersey certifies a new record fish. Yes, a new thunderous hybrid striper has been caught. It was caught October 9th, weighed 16 pounds, 10 ounces. Okay, measured 31 inches in length with a girth of 23 inches on a scale that's even rounder than me, boys and girls. What a grayfish hybrid stripers to me, kick ass. And they were, but where it was caught, though, was a little bit of a question. I said, hmm, Monksville Reservoir. That's basically a largemouth, smallmouth, and musky place. However, I found out, the first me right going off the handle, bucket stocking, or that's not good. No, uh, Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries, Hackettstown. Hatchery did have a token stocking in there and several other waters, and this fish survived owing to the great herring base up there, a super forage base in that reservoir, among others. And this just goes to show you the quality of freshwater fishing we have in the great Garden State. Very briefly joining us because he's a super, super busy guy is Craig Lemon. Hackettstown Hatchery Superintendent, where, okay, they just stocked a load of salmon. His crew is up there earlier this week in, what's that, uh, Lake Mercer, doing work with the muskies, putting out more muskies. Jersey has it all around freshwater. Craig, congratulations yet again, brother. Yeah, it was almost a year ago today we did the landlocked salmon. With yeah. Joe Sackhouse out of Merrill Creek. Uh, Joe, yep. we, uh, Craig, this is this is... That's a monster ass hybrid. You know, it was only a, the other record was what in I guess nineteen ninety nine weighed sixteen pounds, three or four ounces. I didn't realize these fish yeah. got that big, Craig. These these are specimen hybrid stripers in Jersey in a limited number of waters. People, that just goes to show you the quality of the freshwater fishing opportunities we have here, Craig. And you guys keep pumping it out, man. Yeah, it was awesome to see that fish. To get the call and to come down, Eddie, our buddy Eddie Mackin over on Lake Apacon called me on. Sunday at lunchtime and said, hey, Lori's got a big fish on a scale, you know, at Lake Apacong. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what is it? And he's like, it's a giant hybrid, and it's, you know, over the state record. 
And it's Adam Monkstow. I said, well, I said, you know, that fish is going to lose weight. It was Sunday at noon. I said, I jumped in the state truck and headed for the hatchery. Let's get it on the scale. Wow. You know? And by the way, yep. uh, Craig, just yeah. to let you know, uh, Eddie Mackin, <clears throat> I named him. He prefers to go by this name very, very surreptitiously. He's known as Mad Cat Mackin because he was a catfish. He was a catfishing mother in his younger days. I'm talking monster yeah. channels, yeah. So, Craig, now Mr. Lake of Pacong, yeah, yeah, the yeah. hybrids. Now you have hybrids in a Pacong. You have hybrids in Spruce Run Reservoir, and also the top end of the Rackenfin Radio Terrestrial Listening Area. You have in uh, Manasquan Reservoir. How big can these fish get? Yeah, I mean, you're looking. I, you know, it's been a long time since we had a fish. You know, the Lake Lake of Pacong fish get ten pounds, eleven pounds, maybe. But it's been a long time since we had a fish in that that higher range. But you never, you know, you never know. I don't. So I, I I would suspect that someday we're going to see a a couple big fish come out of Split Rock Reservoir because that was part of that that little stocking back mm-hmm. in 2017. You know that produced this state record. So and then, I'm just waiting, waiting for that fish. Uh, Craig, yeah. the growth rates. Of the, listen, if there's one complaint about a hybrid, it's that it's an eating machine, much like the uh, whiskered version, like the flathead catfish eating machines. Craig, they they eat. They're like me. They eat, eat, and eat some more, and they are rapid growers. And listen, here's the thing with hybrids: they fight to almost the death. You catch one, you let it go. It comes back out after you. Okay, Craig. They're, yeah, they're, they're a crazy yeah. fish. So we have the I call it the, the hybrid triumvirate. Those three water bodies. Listen, you want to experience quality hybrid striper fishing? We have plenty of ocean hybrids in here. Back bay hybrids, you know, back bay stripers. These are unreal. They call, what, what's the nickname? Or Craig, what's the nickname? Frankenfish or something like that. Yeah, they got a bunch yeah. of you know, Ab- sunshine bath yeah. and white wipers and yep. yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yep. And here's my contention, people. You tie the tail. I'm gonna get hate mail on this one, Lemon. I know that. You tie the tail of a five pound hybrid to the tail of a ten pound ocean or base striper, and that ocean or base striper is gonna drown. The physical, I'm telling you, Craig, the physical shape of a hybrid, that wider body from the, you know, the white bass antecedent in there, they just have tremendous pulling, unreal pulling power, people, for their size. I just hear a lot of fishing, a lot of those fishing poles getting ripped out of the, you know, out of the boats because when they first hit, they, that's what they do. They just run like crazy. That's it. Joining us on the line is Craig Lemons, uh, Superintendent of Hackettstown Hatchery News. State record hybrid striper officially certified. 16 pounds, 10 ounces, measured 31 inches in length with a girth of 23 inches. Again, Greg Lemon, congratulations. What you guys produce up there at Hackettstown is ungodly. And, and that's, yeah, in a, that's in a good way. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like I actually got out on the water. I've been here 35 years and couldn't tell you the last time I was on a stocking boat, but last week with the weather nice, we, I went the way, way on and stocked uh, 1,400 landlocks up there. And then yesterday we put 3,600 muskies in Greenwood. All spent the whole day out on the lake with the boat, float stocking. So it's, you know, we're putting a lot of fish out. The guys are down at Mercer Lake this week. Yep. And, uh, yep, we got a lot of fish going in the water. A lot of nice fish. Hey, yeah. Lemon, are you all tanned up now like a golden warrior? It was gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, the fall, the fall foliage is peeking out in northern, you know, up on the New York border right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One more time, Craig Lemon, superintendent, Hackettstown Hatchery. Congratulations. And listen, the freshwater fishing continues to just get better. But we have fantastic again saltwater fishing yes and we love it 
with freshwater opportunities in New Jersey, you can't beat them. Everything from salmon to hybrid stripers to pure stray muskies, tiger muskies, channel catfish, walleyes, small. It's lemon. It's a cornucopia. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you got to love it. We got to give a shout out to John Veda. Hey, give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what did he catch you know, it on? He's, uh, he told me what it was, the Berkeley Flicker Minnow. And there you go. Shout out to Johnny Prock now, yeah. R&D Bait at Berkeley. Hey, man, we're covering all bases yeah. here, Lemon. St. <laughs> Croix, Croix Rod, Diawa Reel, you know, 12 feet of water. They were, uh, they were pre-fishing with uh, – they were going to Henderson Harbor walleye fishing the following week. And okay. they wanted to give the boat and the rods and all a little, little test run. And it was noon on a noon on a Sunday, and bluebird, blue sky, and they catch the state record. You got to love that timing. You know, is everything yeah. as is the location. Craig Lemon again, yeah. congratulations. Have a great fall. We'll see you in the winter, man. We'll see you up in a tree stand sometime in January. Yeah, I'll be uh, next Saturday. I shot that deer on like opening day, and I haven't hunted in a month and a half. I'm like getting like <laughs> shake. I'm getting shake. Yeah, we'll see you soon, yeah. Craig. Take care, man. All right, Tommy. All right, thanks. State record high. Don't get to break. Be right back. Rackin' Fin Radio. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back for our final segment, Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 22nd and 23rd. That was Craig Lemon. Hackstown Hatchery Superintendent. Now let's talk some salt water. Let's dial into Jess in there at Fanatics Marine Supply on West Avenue in Ocean City. Let's get a jump on the salt activity. How's it going, Jay? What's the word? Uh, it's good, Tom. How are you? Oh, I'm cranking it, man. I'm cranking. Yeah. I'm hearing. I'm hearing stripers. I'm hearing tog. I'm hearing maybe some perch. What's up? Uh, well, I'll start with the tog. The tog is by far the best I've ever seen it here. Wow. Um, especially over this weekend, around all the piers in the back bay from land-based action. Um, the average keeper I was hearing from guys was 20 inches and up. Um, Whoa! Everything, yeah, Whoa. everything's been on green crabs. Um, you don't even need tog jigs. It's just on plain single hook tog rigs or tom bottom rigs. Um, but these guys are hammering them. Uh, I talked to a few guys that went out like... Uh, a group of three guys went out in Longport the other day from the rocks, and they called over a hundred dog. That's uh, phenomenal. That's just that's just phenomenal. It, it, it's completely bonkers with the action. Like I've never seen it like this, and this consistent. Um, bass wise, there's a god awful amount of fish around. Um, nighttime, you know, around all the bridges as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of soft plastics. If you're drifting eels or drifting a spot around these bridges, you're going to find the thirty plus inches. Um, now, Joe, no, you, you have spot eels in stock there? Yes, we do. Bingo. Go ahead. Um, at nighttime, you know, that, that's just been the ticket. Most guys haven't been bothered to go out during the day, but the daytime action has been even better. Uh, Oof, a lot, a lot bigger fish with fish averaging 30-plus inches. Um, 
you know, dragon eels in spots again, drifting right. or just anchoring up and chunking munker. You can use frozen munker. It works just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even guys just going and using plastics, their average fish is like 31 to 35 inches. That is amazing. Jess, is there anything along the beach on the jetties or anything? A little bass, small bass. Uh, last week, there was black drum in the surf, like 15 to 20 pound Whoa. average. Whoa! And honestly, it was a weird one because they're all catching on bloodworms. What did you say? Is, they're all catching the 15 to 20 pound drum on bloods, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. That shouldn't be happening. I know. Oh, man. That's, well, this, this is just that's one of those falls, Jay. This, this it, is shaping exactly. out to be great. Now, what yeah. about what's happening down Corson's? Any any blues around? Small ones. Uh, after the hurricane, I heard all the blues pushed out front. Guys that went out sea bass, and they couldn't get through the blues to hit sea bass. And we're talking, you know, like 50 to 60 feet of water top to bottom with blues that were like a pound and a half. Well, just any word on the uh, on the specs coming in? I it's haven't about heard a word. That, it should be, well, those guys aren't going to talk much either. But exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, that a, time. A buddy of mine. A buddy of mine went out to Wildwood Reef and Cape May Reef uh, on Saturday, and they had uh, tog, they had sheep's head, they had sea bass, and they caught weak fish as well. Justin, now I heard, uh, I went by it. It's gonna, again, I'm running around all over the place, fishing rods. It's my back of my truck festooned fish rods. I got a chance to use them because I'm running here, running here, running here. Again, deer season's going on. Just, I saw some guys up in the Egg Harbor River bailing some perch up there by Mays Landing. What are you hearing? Absolutely. There's perch everywhere, it seems. Um, you know, if it rains, they're further, you know, towards the bay. But if it doesn't rain, they're closer towards Mays Landing. But it's seemingly there's perch everywhere. Uh, bloodworms are the ticket. Yeah, blood's uh, in stock. Yep, we got bloods in stock. Uh, if you can find grass shrimp, use them too. But bloods have been the definite. Okay, Justin, thanks much. This is Fanatics Marine Supply, West Haven, Ocean City. Go in and ask for a special J. He'll show you the way. What can I say? <laughs> I crack myself up, Justin. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Take care, brother. Right. We'll see you. Thanks, Tom. See you. <laughs> Let's jump it up. Absecan Bay Way. Absecan Bay Sportsman, Captain Dave, the Rave Show. 81 Natalie Terrace and Absecan. It's got off the water with some news on some stripers. Captain Dave, what's the bad situation, big guy? Well, I've never seen it this good this early in the year. And if you're not fishing right now, you should be. You better load up the boat and go. <laughs> Dave, you're fishing the Mullica, the Bays, the Cuts, Josh's Slough. What do you do? Uh, I, well, I, I got started. I got started a little late and had a little. So, well, not a little late. I, I was out of here. And after that hurricane, I was in a hurry to give it a shot. I, I flew out of flew out of here in Absecon, and, and it's been, well, it was a great start, three banner days, and then and then it was, well, it's hard to believe it was, well, well, two Saturdays ago, I'm on my way back in, and I had a kaboom go off on the back of the boat, and, and well, it wasn't too good, it wasn't good at all, but and I says, where am I going to find a, a 175 Suzuki, any motor, from everything I've been hearing? But I'm going to give a shout-out to to Marianne and Violet up at Chestnut Neck because they had one brand-new one sitting there. There they um, go. I, took, I, I stripped the old one off. I took it up Thursday, or I took it up Tuesday morning. By, by Wednesday, Wednesday night, I had it home. Thursday, I put it in the mortar. And and then Friday we had a I had a I had a party out we had a banner day. 
There you go. Dave, what's a hot bait? Well, it's got to... It's got to be spot, spot. They're looking for fish. They're looking for live fish. Um, it's, you know, spot is is doing a trick, but I tell you, I'm doing real well on on the gulp. The gulp, yeah. You know, we when we get up shallow, you know, I'm I'm strictly a gulp, and I'm I'm playing playing the paddle tails. You paddle know, tails, the, there you go. the five and six inches. Um, and and as 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 you know, and as you always say, if it ain't chartreuse, it ain't no, no use. use. So I, I like that chartreuse pepper neon and the and the pearl white with the chartreuse tail. But any of them will work. But why 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 fix if it ain't broke? So that's what <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> exactly right, Captain Dave. Before I let you go, you hear anything on Tog out of the jetty? Oh, there, there's got to be so many Tog. Um, yeah, I, I've I've never. I've never sold so many green crabs as in the height of the season. Luckily, I got a good supply, and they're they're in here right now. But um, I, the word is that those bridges down on Ocean City Causeway are the place. Ooh, they, yeah. they are hot. Oh yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, we need a sugar report, Cap. What do you got? Oh, she's all wound up. Um, I got Judy. Judy's got her new knee, and, and she's been able to walk sugar uh, twice as fast, <laughs> three times as fast as she used to. So everybody's excited about that. Yeah, that was a good, that was a tough experience for her, and I had to put up with it. So uh, you can say me, but but yeah, every, everything's going well with the family, and, good for and you. the fishing's fantastic. Okay, so, Dave, give that Facebook page, please. What do you got? What do you got? Just just look up um, Facebook slash Absecon Bay or. Or just and you'll you'll get there, and when you get there, you'll find all the information and daily reports, and it's go. You'll see how good it's going. Okay, Cap, you take care, man. Okay, I'll be here. See ya. He is absolutely tomahawking those fish, man. Oh my god. Yeah, quick reminder about a great event happening next Sunday, the 30th, up there at Red Wing Sporting Clay. Shout out to Roger and the Dannys and that whole crew up there on Suey's Landing Road in Port Republic. It's the Jersey Shore chapter of the American Woodcock Society's fundraising sporting clay shoot, $85 per shooter. Registration is at 9 a.m. sharp and the 10 o'clock, the... Shooting gets underway. There's going to be a lunch for the price. Um, you get a hundred birds, you get lunch, beverages. I hope that prizes are going to be awarded, trophies, etc. It's going to be a great event. Unfortunately, we couldn't get someone on the line right there with a messed up connection, but maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll see what the American Woodcock Society and the Rough Grass Society are doing here in Jersey. Some habitat improvement work. And it's going to be a super event. Again, the Jersey Shore chapters, American Woodcock Society's fall warm up shoot. Port Republic, Red Wing Sporting Clay, Suey's Landing Road, $80. Get you 100 targets and lunch and drinks and prizes and trophies. Just go to the website for more information. And for all your power needs, do not forget, Batteries Plus. I mean, everything, boat, truck, camping, outdoors, anything all your power needs. Everything's right there at Batteries Plus. You have two stores, 900 Tilton Road in Northfield. That's Suite 3. And also 1215 Route 73 and Mount Laurel. So you heard this on Rack and Fin Radio. And you will get a discount. Again, all your power. Check this out, too. I realize this. 
You need a new battery in your truck, your car, whatever. Right over, right over here, right, right next door here. Batteries Plus. Call up ahead, make an appointment, pull up. They'll come out, change your battery, everything. A price that you're going to say, are you sure you didn't miss something? Unbelievable. Yeah, all your power needs. We're going to be checking out some uh, new camping flashlights and headlamps and some heaters that we have because winter bow season and ice fishing seasons will be here before you know it. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio.